0: Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, May 2nd, and we start with local news. The Columbia Police Department is trying to locate 15 year old runaway juvenile Shia McCoy. Shia was last seen on April 30th in the area of West 10th Street in Columbia, wearing a colorful tank top black shorts, and blue shoes. Shia is 5 feet 3 inches tall, weighing about 140 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Any person with additional information that may assist in this or any other investigation is encouraged to contact the Columbia Police Department Dispatch 24 hours a day at 931-388-2727, the Murray County Crime Stoppers number at 931-381-4900, or Columbia Police Safe Tip email to safetips at com. The District Attorney General of the 22nd Judicial District is requesting the public's assistance in locating a former Cullioca man facing child rape charges. In the press release issued on Friday, D.A. Brent Cooper's office asked the public to be on the lookout for Jonathan Marshawn Ulrich, who was indicted last December on 21 counts, including rape of a child, aggravated sexual battery, rape, incest, and especially aggravated sexual exploitation of a minor. Ulrich was released after posting $350,000 bond. The release says that Ulrich should be considered as potentially armed and dangerous and that he has made statements indicating he may be violent and suicidal. The release states that as a condition of bond, Ulrich was required to wear a GPS ankle bracelet. On Thursday, deputies in Clay County, where Ulrich had moved to, went to his residence to perform a welfare check and found he was not there. Deputies reportedly found the ankle bracelet lying beside a note that read, I can't do this anymore. The DA's office filed a motion to revoke Ulrich's bond and a warrant has been issued for his arrest. A hearing is scheduled in Murray County Circuit Court on May 4th. Ulrich has reportedly been known to visit the Dale Hollow Lake area and is also known to have stayed previously in Henry Horton and Fall Creek Falls State Parks. The release states that in a previous incident, Ulrich barricaded himself inside his home for hours when deputies attempted to serve an order of protection upon him. Ulrich served as the first principal of Longview Elementary School in Spring Hill from 2007 until 2014 when he violated the district's anti-harassment policy by making inappropriate comments to a staff member. He was suspended for three days without pay and was required to attend harassment and sensitivity training. He has also taught at Fairview Elementary School. Anyone with information on Ulrich's whereabouts is asked to contact the District Attorney's Office Criminal Investigations Division at 931-380-2356, extension 109, or the Murray County Sheriff's Department at 931-388-5151. The Columbia State Community College Office of Workforce and Continuing Education recently hosted a pre-apprentice line worker academy mini rodeo that allowed students to demonstrate the skills they learned during the seven-week program. I am proud of this program and the participants, said Melody Murphy, Columbia State Workforce and Continuing Education Director. They come here every day and work hard for seven weeks in order to gain valuable skills and credentials to set them up for an opportunity to join the electrical line worker workforce. We are thankful to have this program, and we could not do it without the support of our area utilities and municipalities. I look forward to seeing this program continue to grow, she said. Upon completion of the program, the students received a Tennessee Valley Public Power Association climbing certification, first aid and CPR certifications, 10-hour safety card and flagging certification. In addition, the students are prepared to sit for a commercial driver's license. During the mini-rodeo, students competed in different activities, including the 80-foot pole climb, bell change, and switch transfer. In the first activity, students climb up and down an 80-foot pole, which is a necessary part of the TVPPA climbing lab certification. In this activity, Caleb Carter came in first place, Carson Hendon from Kalioka came in second place, and Wayne Johnson came in third. The bell change and switch transfer are activities linemen would do in the field as a result of lightning, loose connections, or replacement of aging materials to maintain electricity for those in the service area. In the bell change, students climb a 40-foot pole and change out the bell that holds the line to the pole. In this activity, Caleb Carter came in first place, William Sparkman from McMinnville came in second place, and Hayden Arnold came in third place. In the switch transfer, students climb a 40-foot pole to change out the switch attached to the cross arm of the pole. In this activity, Caleb Carter came in first, Hayden Arnold came in second, and Noah Webb from Mount View came in third place. In the overall rodeo, Caleb Carter came in first, Hayden Arnold came in second, and Wayne Johnson came in third place. In addition to his performance in the rodeo, Caleb Carter was presented with a Pre-Apprentice Lineworker Academy Outstanding Student Award. The Pre-Apprentice Lineworker program is a result of communities from across Middle Tennessee coming together to fill a need in the workforce. For more information about the program, please visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash lineworker Upcoming cohorts are scheduled for the fall of 2023. All individuals interested in the program should register through the link, and it will place them on a contact list for future classes. As the General Motors Assembly plant in Spring Hill continues its multi-billion-dollar ramp-up to full-scale EV production, the latest innovation to come online at full capacity is its new paint shop, Construction began during the pandemic, and the new facility opened with limited production in June of 2022. It reached full capacity, running two shifts earlier in April, 12 weeks ahead of schedule. While there are some 38 to 40 employees per shift, all of the actual painting is done by robots. At about one and a half square million square feet, the new shop is actually 250,000 square feet smaller than the original paint shop, but has a much more efficient footprint, utilizing three and a half floors and technology that increases output, reduces the impact on the environment, and enhances employee satisfaction. Nick Howell, GM's paint area manager, has worked in paint shops for 17 years and said this one is like no other. This shop offers among the best air handling systems, the spray technology is best in class, and the transfer efficiency is top-notch, Howell said. Any paint that doesn't stick to the car ends up as waste, so anything we can do to improve what's going on the car means less waste, he said. The new GM paint shop has the capacity to paint 600 to 800 cars per day. It runs on five mods, or modular paint production lines, whereas the old facility was a two-booth shop with less capacity and functionality. The new setup allows for reduced color changing, which is another creator of waste. When you paint a red car followed by a white car, you have to clean out the paint lines, and there's waste that goes into that, Howell said. How nice would it be to put ten red cars all on Mod 2 and the white ones on Mod 5, for example. That flexibility turns into throughput, because now you are moving things in a much smoother capacity. We get more output out of this shop in terms of the flex and design of the process, he said. Among the colors used in the new paint shop are Summit White, Black Meat Kettle, Radiant Red, Sharkskin, and Mary Kay Pink. Howell said his team will paint anywhere from 150 to 250 Cadillacs Mary Kay Pink in a year. Aside from its enhanced abilities to make less of an impact on the environment, GM's new paint shop is also elevated to a level needed to paint world-class vehicles like the Cadillac Lyric, the first fully electric vehicle to come off the GM assembly line. Now our process aligns with the technology and design you see in these new EVs, Howell said. Employees and others involved in the design, construction, and functionality of the new paint paint shop are set to be celebrated at a special event to be held at the shop. To say we pulled this ahead of schedule 12 weeks under COVID conditions is certainly worthy of recognition to the team, Howell said. The first shift has been running for about nine weeks, and we're building at 95 to 96% first-time quality. That is a testament to our partners in building this, this building and the launch team launching it, he said. Spring Hill GM's paint shop will continue to undergo expansion. While the facility will still operate out of the old and new buildings, with portions of the painting process still taking place in the original shop, a third building that is part of phase two of the expansion will come out of the ground next door. The Phase 2 building will connect to the existing new paint shop, and the original building will be gutted and revamped for body shop expansion beginning in June. And it's all part of GM's ramp-up to full production of the Lyric and other soon-to-be-announced EVs. The Lyric launched in March of 2022 with very limited production. As the ancillary plants get upgrades like the paint shop, it enables GM to go into full production. Columbia State Community College will host an annual Tennessee Emergency Medical Services Instructor Update event that is approved by the Tennessee State EMS Office on May 12th. Until recently, EMS educators have only had a few options to obtain their annual Instructor Update required under Tennessee law, said Greg Johnson, Columbia State Program Director and Assistant Professor of Emergency Medical Services. This offering gives a one-day option for our educators that may better fit their schedules. I'm excited about the lineup of speakers at the conference. Each are respected in their field and promote excellence in EMS education, he said. Through the efforts of Columbia State's EMS Academy and the Workforce and Continuing Education Department, the annual TN EMS Instructor Update event has been approved by the Tennessee State EMS Office to satisfy the TCA 1200-1-12 rules for renewal related to attendance at annual instructor updates or conferences and includes eight contact hours. The event will be headlined by Heather Davis, Director of Student Assessment at David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Other notable speakers at the event include, but are not limited to, Steve Joyner, Dean of Lipscomb University College of Leadership and Public Service, Ginny Massey-Holt, Columbia State Associate Professor of Nursing, Brandon Ward, State EMS Director, Jay Burks, I.C. Training Manager at Wayne County EMS, Randy White, Program Director at Middle Tennessee State University EMS Education, Paul Pollock, EMS Supervisor at Williamson Medical Center EMS, and Gregory S. Johnson, Columbia State Program Director and Assistant Professor of Emergency Medical Services. The conference will take place at the Columbia campus in the Cherry Theater from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. and will provide participants with eight contact hours. Registration for the event is $125 with lunch provided at the event along with a reception the night before at the Hampton Inn in Spring Hill. The reception will be at 6 p.m. and offers attendees time to network while enjoying refreshments. For more information, contact workforcedev@columbiastate.edu. at The Murray County Democratic Party and the UAW Local 1853 Community Action Program, or CAP, will co-sponsor their 20th annual Heritage Dinner on Saturday, June 3rd at the UAW Local 1853 Hall, located at 125 Stephen P. Jokic Parkway, Spring Hill. Doors will open at 6 p.m. for a social hour. Speeches and dinner will follow. The Murray County Democratic Party will welcome speakers State Representative Justin Jones and Senator Heidi Campbell. The Heritage Dinner is a fundraiser for the Murray County Democratic Party. Attendees will network with like-minded Democrats, enjoy music while mingling, and dine together. Tickets are available to anyone who wants to attend. The price is $40 for individuals, $75 for couples, or $300 for a table of eight. They can be purchased through the Murray County Democratic Party website. That's www.murraydems.org. Tickets include beer, wine, and a buffet dinner catered by Golden Weddings and Events. Local musician Michael Fair will perform. Sheila Rogers, a Murray County Democratic Party member, said, I attended the Heritage Ball last year and enjoyed it so much I volunteered to help the Heritage Dinner Committee to plan it this year. It was refreshing to meet and talk with people who share my political views. The networking and informative speeches these dinners provide help strengthen and inspire us as a group. The Murray County Democratic Party is the local county affiliate of the Tennessee Democratic Party and represents the interest of tens of thousands of Democratic-leaning voters in the county. The second annual Homestead Festival will be held on June 2nd and 3rd in Columbia on Rory Feek's farm. Combining music and meaning, the two-day affair features musical performances from Rory Feek, Colin Ray, Craig Campbell, and Paul Overstreet, as well as master class lectures by prominent homesteading community leaders such as Dr. Temple Grandin, Joel Salatin, Jill Winger, and many others. You can buy tickets by going to www.hardisonmill.com forward slash the homestead festival. Columbia State Community College is excited to announce summer camps at each of its campuses for 2023. The Columbia campus is hosting a 3D printing makerspace camp. This is a five day camp designed to help students learn how to design and manufacture a product, in addition to learning about marketing and selling the product. At the end of the camp, students will make a presentation to showcase their experience. Students who do Students do not need to have knowledge of AutoCAD or web design, but do need to feel comfortable using computers. During this camp, students will have fun while learning to work as a team. Also hosted by the Columbia campus is the Music From Around the World Acquire Extravaganza Camp. In this four-day camp, students will experience drumming, comprehend new piano skills, enjoy music games, and take part in choral singing, all while learning music from around the world. The Clifton and Lawrence campuses are hosting a Charger Science Camp. Students will participate in a week of science exploration. Each day, they will explore a different field of science with hands-on learning and fun. Activities to explore include orienteering, ecology, dissection, ubiquity, fermentation, microscopy, forensics, physiology, body systems, as well as wildlife animal science, life science, and soil science. The Williamson and Lawrence campuses are hosting a Raspberry Pi Makerspace camp. Campers will learn basics for code in Python and use LED lights, buttons, sensors, and motors to complete exciting projects. Students do not need prior coding experience. This camp is designed for beginners, and Columbia State will provide all the necessary instruction and support. Over the course of the camp, campers will work in groups to learn basic skills and practices with Raspberry Pi, The groups will then be tasked with building a project for showcase by the end of the camp. Students will learn valuable coding and circuit skills while having fun. The Lewisburg and Williamson campuses are hosting a BattleBots robotics camp. This is a a four-and-a-half-day youth robotic camp for middle school students. The primary goal is to promote excitement for science, technology, engineering, and math. Goals of the camp are learning concepts of programming, engineering practices, and teamwork, Lego Mindstorm's EV3 education kits and program development environment will be used for hands-on building and programming activities. Participants will build several robots during the camp, modifying and programming one for a BattleBot competition. The first four days will be allocated to learning basic Lego robot build techniques and programming commands for movement, turning, sensing, and decision-making, along with combining the commands into sequences for solving problems. For the fifth day, participants will run a robot of their own design and build in the competition. Parents are encouraged to attend the competition on the final day. Also hosted by the Williamson campus is a From Script to Screen camp. This three-week conservatory camp will provide students with hands-on experience with professional film and video production equipment and processes. Topics will include pre-production process like writing, planning, the production process like grip and electric, lighting, camera operation, and sound, and post-production like media management, editing, color grading, and delivery. In addition, the camp participants will produce, film, and edit a 10-minute documentary on the first feature film to be produced in Tennessee. This year is the 100th anniversary of the first feature made in Tennessee, The Human Mill, which was filmed in Franklin. The camp will produce a documentary on the film, which will be shown at the Tennessee International Indie Film Festival in August of 2023. For more information on any of the camps and to sign up, visit www.campusce.net forward slash Columbia State. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Betty Jean Worley Malugian, 90, a key punch operator for CPS in Franklin, died Wednesday, April 26th at Magnolia Healthcare. A graveside service for Mrs. Malugian will be conducted on Tuesday at 2 p.m. at Pleasant Mount Cemetery. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Robert C. Parks, 91, owner and operator of Parks Motor Sales, died Saturday, April 29th at his residence in Columbia. Private family grave and Masonic services will be conducted at Neapolis Cemetery. A celebration of life will be held on Friday from 5 to 8 p.m. at Parks Motor Sales. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Jerry Lee Barber, 83, retired maintenance employee for DuPont in New Johnsonville for 36 years, died Saturday, April 29th, at Life Care Center of Columbia from complications from Parkinson's disease. A memorial service will be conducted Saturday at 2 p.m. at Southgate Church of Christ. The family will visit with friends on Saturday from 12 p.m. until service time at the church. Burial will be in Swiss Cemetery in Hohenwald at a later date. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have sunny to partly cloudy skies today with a high of 66 degrees. Winds will be out of the west at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect some clouds this evening that will give way to mainly clear skies overnight. The low will be 42 with winds out of the west northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to southern middle Tennessee today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance...
2: More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers' Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia.
1: American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep.
2: Oh!
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee Education Commissioner Penny Schwinn, who led the department through the COVID-19 pandemic and oversaw an overhaul of the state's K-12 funding structure, announced Monday that she will leave the position on June 1st. Schwinn, one of Governor Bill Lee's first term cabinet appointments in 2019, led the state's education department through seismic changes, including clo- school closures and learning loss brought about by the coronavirus pandemic, implementation of a controversial school voucher program, natural disasters like flooding and cr- tornadoes that destroyed school facilities and the overhaul of the state's education funding formula set to take effect in July. My North Star is Kids. It has been from day one, and it will be for the rest of my career, Schwinn said in an interview on Monday morning. Whether I'm driving down the road and see a kid in a car or at my kid's soccer game or in a Kroger, I know that I'm personally responsible for that kid's education and that I take that very seriously, she said. Lizette Gonzalez-Reynolds, who currently serves as the vice president of policy at Florida-based Excel & Ed, will take Schwinn's place on July 1st, Lee announced in a news release. Reynolds's career reflects a deep commitment to school choice, assessment, and accountability, the governor's office said. Lizette's significant education policy experience and leadership make her well-suited to continue our work to deliver a high-quality education and expand school choice for Tennessee students, Governor Lee said in a statement. I welcome her to Tennessee and appreciate her service to students, families, and teachers across the state, he said. Excellent Ed was founded by then-Florida Governor Jeb Bush in 2008 and advocates for a wide range of student-centered policies, according to its website. Reynolds, a lifelong Texan, specializes in assessment, accountability, and school choice. She previously worked at then-Texas Governor George W. Bush's Deputy Legislative Director. She also served as Chief Deputy Commissioner for the Texas Education Agency, a role Schwinn took on in 2016 after Reynolds left. Deputy Commissioner of Operations Sam Piercy will serve as interim commissioner in June. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today.
1: welcome back to southern
0: middle tennessee today and now our final story The annual kickoff event for the Columbia's Farmer's Fresh Market will be on Saturday, May 6th. The kickoff this year features their springtime jamboree, which includes music, free food, and fun activities for the entire family. Columbia's Farmer's Fresh Market takes advantage of local farms and features vendors selling honey, jams, eggs, baked goods, cut flowers, locally raised meats, and lots of other produce, such as fruit and vegetables, sold directly by the farmer. They also have several artisans who produce items such as soaps, jewelry, woodworking, bombs, salves, and skincare. A family-friendly environment allows the community to come meet local farmers and makers. The Farmer's Market will open at Riverwalk Park again this Saturday in Columbia at 8 a.m., and the Springtime Jamboree will start around 10 a.m.